The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download that SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and our podcasts. Tuesday afternoon, and you know what that means. A weekend of USFL football has wrapped up, and we are here to talk all about it. Justin Mark Rod Gomez here on the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast, USFL Tuesday edition. Justin, uh, I watched all of these games almost back-to-back-to-back because I had a very long weekend, and I I got caught up, but uh, I was not not entertained the entire couple of days that I ended up catching up on those games. Uh, we had some great, great games this weekend. Great games, great catches, great football, and uh, some interesting storylines that I'm sure we're going to talk about here coming up too. Well, you know we're going to talk about them. <laughs> uh, absolutely great stuff going on in the USFL now. And this is, so here we are, right? We're entering week six. We've passed the halfway point of this season. We are starting to see good football. And I, and I say that kind of as an aside, but we really are starting to see what these teams are now capable of. And everybody that was in week one and week two screaming to the high hell about how bad this football was, you're given a brand new group of guys like two weeks to, to get themselves prepared for a, a, a new league. And you're expecting them to come out with NFL style quality, but we're getting it now. In my opinion, anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can tell just everything's clicking a lot more. So uh, I definitely agree with you there. I do too. All right. So as we always do, we will load up and go over each game of week five for you. Talk about some fantasy relevant names. And then, uh, of course, we'll just break down the analysis of what we uh, really wanted what we hoped and, and all that other good stuff. But, uh, you, you talked about it a lot though. There are some great storylines that, uh, that came out of the week five that I didn't necessarily think were going to happen. But uh, again, here we are. So we begin as we always do from the beginning. And that was Friday night's game between the Michigan Panthers and the Tampa Bay bandits. <sighs> the bandits stole this one, in my opinion, from the Panthers, who had looked good all game long. Uh, the Bandits won 27-20 over the Panthers. And really, it was a second-half collapse, I guess, by the Panthers that pretty much led to this uh, this overall game. For the Panthers, though, how about Shea Patterson? 23-37, 304 yards and a touchdown. I mean, look, he threw an interception as well, but this is about the best we've seen Shea Patterson look all season long. Took the words right out of my mouth. Absolutely the best we have seen him look. Um, you know, we've watched this each week and kind of thought, 
Why was he the number one pick? Well, I just don't see it. We're not seeing any it factor, really. I mean, he was managing games fine, but there wasn't that it factor, and we saw it this weekend. He's making great throws on the run, putting the ball where it needed to be. Um, he finally kind of stepped up and showed us what we've kind of been waiting to see. Joe Walker, an emerging quarterback controversy over there in <laughs> Michigan, throws a touchdown pass on his only pass attempt. <laughs> Uh, maybe they should have been starting Joe Walker at quarterback all season long, but <laughs> yeah, killing, killing the fantasy day for Patterson who, who maybe could have had another one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, if Shea Patterson continues to play like this, then the Panthers are going to be an issue. And only because again, they were a run first team anyways for the longest time, but now we have a quarterback that can throw for 304 yards. Um, Tampa Bay obviously hasn't been the best defense all season long. But uh, it just, I don't know. For me, I was encouraged by Shea, Shea Patterson's play, not just for Shea Patterson's sake, but for everybody else around him. Now, where he also impressed, Shea Patterson, was his eight rushes for 46 yards. This running back room continues to underdeliver. Uh, Reggie Corbin, well, I mean, okay, I say underdeliver. Last week, Corbin had a huge game. This week, he follows it up with 12 carries for 28 yards, less than 2.3 yards per carry. Stevie Scott disappeared. Five carries, seven yards. Uh, Cameron Scarlett disappeared. Two carries, four yards. The beginning of the year saw Scott and Scarlett explode. Corbin exploded last week. Now they're all gone. What are we doing? Yeah, it's a, it's a confusing backfield to say the least. Um, when nobody runs over 2.3 yards per carry except your quarterback, um, it's hard to trust anybody fantasy-wise. So... This one's, uh, you know, you just got to play this one cautious. Now, running back so thin, you most likely don't have other options if you have these guys. But um, I definitely wouldn't hold my breath each week hoping that they have the week that Corbin had last week. That seems to be maybe a, it's an outlier. I guess we'll need to see a couple more weeks, but starting to look like that's an outlier. Yeah, I mean, it most certainly looks like it's an outlier in where week to week. And what is it? If you don't, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Right. If you have three running backs, you don't have one. And and really, that's what we're looking at here for this running back room. And it just you're right. You may not have other options, but trying to figure out who to start on, on a week to week basis between these three. I, I don't want that hassle. And I don't have that hassle, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> but so for receiving, this is where, like I said, this is where it gets interesting. Now that Shea Patterson looks like he might be doing better. Lance Lenore, six catches, 86 yards. Uh, but LaMichael Pedway, five catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. We will get back to him, uh, spoiler alert, after the break. But uh, big day for him. Devin Ross, five catches, 68 yards. Uh, O'Malley, the big tight end, uh, getting a catch in there too. Um, Ryan O'Malley having a, a day for himself. Three catches, 55 yards in that touchdown. Uh, Scarlett caught three passes. Corbin caught a pass. And then just a bunch of little ones down the road. Uh, Walker did not get a catch in this game. Uh, but Victor Bolden, only one catch for nine yards. Uh, this is a crazy day for these guys. I'm not Victor Bolden. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you get caught with these names all the time. Anyways, Bolden catches one as well. Uh, but what are we making of this room, this this receiving core? Um, yeah, Lance Lenore continues to be the guy that gets targeted the most. Um, that hasn't let up all season. He's looking like he had nine week one, nine week two, nine week three, then only four week four, but then nine week five. So it really looks like nine targets. He He's almost guaranteed that 
you know, all four or four weeks out of five. Beyond that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Um, Pedway obviously had a, a great game. Um, I was looking at this roster and it's like, how many tight ends do they have? Because they have Lamichael Pedway, they have Marcus Baugh, who didn't who didn't dress. I don't think he didn't play this game. Ryan O'Malley, um, Connor Davis. Uh, I know they cut Joey Magnifico because of the injury, but man, I had no idea they had so many tight ends. I mean, they have all the tight ends. Where the Niners hoard running backs, it looks like the Panthers <laughs> are hoarding tight ends. But I mean, it makes sense on a rushing team, right? You want a lot of blockers, True. so uh, you're going to have some good tight ends. Flip over to the Bandit side of the ball. It's it's just Jordan Tamu. I mean, it's his world in this in this quarterback room. There's no outside threat. 15 to 24, 207 yards, two touchdowns. Still not convinced he's the best quarterback in the league, but whatever. Um, we won't even touch that. J there's no fantasy uh, takeaway for Jordan Ta'amu's day other than if you have him, you're going to start him, and there's no question otherwise. Um, but Jawan Washington wins the running back uh, battle over there, I suppose. 14 carries, 48 yards, two touchdowns for Jawan Washington. Raise your hand if you started him. Okay, uh, thanks. Good good job out there if you did. Uh, Jordan Ta'amu, again, they talk about how lethal he is with his legs. He only really ran nine times for 27 yards, so not a big day out of him there. So, I don't know. Is Jawan Washington, we're seeing some good play, but is this somebody you're really... I mean, do you, first of all, did you roster him? And second of all, are you going to continue to roster him? Yeah, I, I don't have him rostered. I did play him in DFS just because I heard BJ Emmons was out and they don't have another running back. So I figured um, he was at least going to get something. So two touchdowns was good. But their their run game all year, they you know the average yards per carry has been pretty low. Week three, Emmons did have 4.1 and Washington had 4.3. Outside of that, they don't crack four yards a carry. Um one time a running back has ran over 50 yards. It, it's not a running back room you can trust. They just don't get enough carries or enough room even. Um, I guess they get the carries. They just don't get the room to run. They do not. Uh, but what what core does have an opportunity to do stuff is that receiving core because of Jordan Tommy. But look, he only threw for 270 yards. It's not like there was a lot to go around. Only 15 uh, completions on the day. So it's not like his receivers had gigantic days. But two of them found the end zone and John Franklin did that on five catches 81 yards he was the main recipient of of the good day and then uh, of course uh Derek Dillon pitched in two catches 52 yards and a touchdown uh O'Grady his favorite target his favorite tight end target two catches 24 yards uh Vinny Papali two catches 18 yards uh, Rashad Davis one for 13 Dequan Hampton two for 12 uh Mumphrey one for seven and so again not a lot past Franklin and Dylan there to be had. So, I mean, what are we doing with guys like O'Grady and Papali? That's what I want to know. Yeah, so I really like Papali's. Um, I really like his potential. I know he wasn't targeted a lot this game, but he has been in the past game. So I think that'll kind of turn back around. Uh, Derek Dylan looking like a, a big performer here, but if you watch that play, it. It really was luck. I mean, no offense to the athletes that pulled off that luck, but the ball's on the ground. Tamu finds it, gets away from the pressure, and kind of just chucks it up, and Dylan comes down with it and runs with a touchdown. I, I cannot believe that that ended the way it did. It, it had disaster written all over it. Worked out for him. Um, but beyond that, you know, one catch for two yards for Dylan. So, um, 
I think Papali Franklin, if he can continue this momentum, this was kind of a, a breakout game for him. But if he continues that, um, he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, and O'Grady, this is you know, on the second week. Well, I guess a couple weeks now that he's kind of been hit or miss um, and been missing a lot. So that's a tough one. Um, you probably don't have better options to pick up, um, but maybe you drafted another option that you start trying to trust a little more now too. Uh, there is one option that I'll give you after the break. Uh, that's that's the one that I think is probably out there on waivers for you to find uh, that you can grab if you're trying to hold on for O'Grady to have better days. Double spoiler. Ooh, I am <laughs> teasing it up, aren't I? Uh, all right, let's move on to the next game of the weekend where the New Jersey Generals, still my team, uh, even though, you know, I rooted for the Stars there for a little bit, uh, but they take down the New Orleans Breakers 27-17. to New Jersey improves to 4-1. and New Orleans falls to 2-3. and uh, It was just a great game. Look, this is what happens, my friends, when you just decide on a quarterback, right? And... Justin and I, we don't thump our chests a lot. In fact, we, we don't hardly do it at all. But we both said DeAndre Johnson was going to be the man for the Generals coming into this game. DeAndre Johnson, the only quarterback to take a snap for the Generals. Okay, now, I'm not going to say that I'm a, I'm a hypocrite in saying that uh, Jordan Ta'amu, I, I read off his numbers and said they were impressive. Look, DeAndre Johnson's numbers weren't impressive either. 14 of 21 for 213 and an interception. No touchdowns thrown in the game. But I will say that the consistency and the athleticism of DeAndre Johnson, um, I guess, just like Jordan Tamu, is what made the Generals win this game. So for me, I am glad that we are done for the for the time being. I mean, because they kept saying, well, well, they could bring in, they can bring in Luis Perez, they could bring, but they never did. So maybe this is a sign that that this is Johnson's job and we're done with this two quarterback system talk. Yeah, and like you said, we both said they need to just stick with one. We thought it should be Johnson, but they needed to stick with one. And when you watch the offense, the game just seemed to flow better. Um, it, there weren't these little hiccups or times where it looked like somebody didn't know what they were doing. So I, I think it was the right move. I agree Johnson's a better quarterback, and I think it really helps the generals moving forward if they just stick with that. So if you if you drafted Luis Perez as your only quarterback, uh you may have to go grab yourself somebody that we're going to talk about later, Triple T's, in Whoa. this uh, that that you may not have, have counted on last week uh, because I think that quarterback is going to be a better gamble than Luis Perez is ever going to be uh, going forward. So, uh, all right, end of quarterback discussion. We're done. DeAndre Johnson's the best. We already know this. It's like, <laughs> stop it. Just stop. Uh, but who did have himself not so quietly of a big day, Darius Victor. Adam's favorite guy, 17 rushes, 95 yards, and a touchdown, 5.6 yard average. Darius Victor is a bowling ball. There's just no way you're going to stop Darius Victor at all. Agreed. You know, I drafted him in our um, expert league and said, we'll see if Adam knows what he's talking about because Adam was so high on him and he has done very well, leads in rushing touchdowns um, out of all the running backs. He's consistently putting up yardage. Um, there's one game that he had under 50 yards. So consistently putting up yards, and he's a running back that um, you you start. You don't question it. You just start him every week. And if you don't have him, 
and you need running back help, you see what you can give up to maybe get him. You know, he's the guy that you will suffer through a couple of bad weeks if you want to, uh, because you just know that when he pops, he pops. And this is a day that he actually popped. So, um, you know, that's just the way it is for Darius Victor. You, you can do it. But right behind him, Justin Trey Williams, 13 carries, 44 yards. Not a not as splashy of a yards per carry average at 3.4. But Trey Williams looks good when he gets in the game. I love his energy. Uh, he had that long rush of 28 yards. It's just, it's something that I like to see. And it's a good one-two punch between Victor and Williams. Yeah, absolutely agree. They're uh, kind of lightning and thunder, sort of. Um, and Williams also holds some good value because he does get targeted more in the passing game. So, um, you know, if you're in a PPR league and he starts, he's had five catches, four, four, two, and three. So that's easy points um, for your running back position, especially when we don't have a ton of clear-cut guys that are putting up the, you know, the 10 to 15 points every week. Absolutely. Uh, although... We talked about where uh, DeAndre Johnson did mediocre in the passing game. He far surpassed Tamu in the rush uh, rushing category. Ten attempts for Johnson, 39 yards, but more importantly, two touchdowns. So he accounted for at least two of the scores for the generals. And look, this is what he brings to the table that Perez does not. Perez is a statuesque quarterback. Johnson, with the wheels, can get those short yardage touchdowns like what more can be said yeah and he's scored a touchdown in every game but one and taking into consideration that you know he's not playing a full game that's pretty impressive it is it is Cavante Turpin carried twice for 10 yards but then turned around with a gigantic day on the in the air probably his best game of the season five catches 106 yards uh, it's, I, I'm glad to see Cavante Turpin do good. This is one of those situations where I, I liked him in the fan controlled football league. And I, and I was hoping to see it happen on the field in the USFL. And this is the week that we saw exactly what I saw in him when he was on the field for the FCF. Yeah. He's an electric player. Anytime he gets the ball, he's got an opportunity to, uh, break a long run, um, run after the catch, go for a touchdown. So Definitely a, a good person to target. Um, I, I assume he's not on any waiver wires unless your league's not paying attention. But to target in any type of trades or to just start him if you have him. Agreed. Darius Shepard, three catches, 40, uh, 46 yards. Uh, Eccles Looper, a catch for 25. Uh, Williams, three for 12. Uh, Darius Victor got in there, one for 12. And then Alonzo Moore, quiet day. One catch, one target, 12 yards. Uh, and then Brandom and Stat uh, Satterfield. See, Satterfield, this is what we talked about with week one, right? Blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, nothing. One target, no catches in week five. So, you know, we, we know who the bigger names are there in the uh, New Orleans, or the new New Orleans, New Jersey. Now we'll go to New Orleans. Uh, Kyle Sloter, again, another day where just bad luck for him. Uh, 15 to 36, 155 yards. He had two touchdowns, but he also threw two costly interceptions a week after he threw three interceptions to the gamblers. So turnovers becoming a problem for Sloter. Yeah, and only 41.7 completion percentage. So hard to win games when you don't even complete 50% of your passes. Um, last week, two weeks ago, people, you know, exclaiming how good of a quarterback Kyle Sloter is and the best quarterback in this league 
and um the past two weeks it's just kind of come back down to earth with the turnovers so that's a tough one he's gonna have to clean his game up um to keep putting up big points i'm gonna gonna have to go back and check the tape to see whether or not we were singing his praises i mean we were saying that he played well but i don't know that we were i don't know that we were touting him as a a future quarterback going forward so uh i'll get back to you on that one i do remember we kept saying "Eh, if brian scott was still playing obviously he would have more yards more touchdowns so (laughs) brian hurry back buddy uh jordan ellis in the running game 12 carries 42 yards pedestrian 3.5 yards per carry uh and then just a sprinkle of other carries in there uh for fernandez for jones Sloter grabbed a couple um johnny dixon and then adams on a sw- i mean they they try to get the run game going but unfortunately with 115 combined yards didn't necessarily happen that way just a lot of lackluster play out of this this running game this week yeah, credit to the generals' uh, defense too, um, because they they swarmed them. The longest rushing yards, um, so forty three yards by Fernandez is their linebacker that came on that fake punt. So, um, if you take that out of there, their their rushing game was about as bad as their passing game. <laughs> I mean, it really was too. Again, when you're when you're when your linebacker uh, on a fake punt gets more yards than uh, your running back does on twelve carries you've got a little bit of a problem. And again, that fake punt was, was, uh, it was just picture. I mean, it was picture perfect. It was exactly mm-hmm. the way it was supposed to be. Uh, I almost got scared because I was like, man, we're really gonna give this up and we're really gonna lose because we can't stop on a fourth down fake punt play. Ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I was getting kind of, I was getting kind of scared in that game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I thought for sure we were done. Um, all right. Jonathan Adams in the passing game, four catches for 60 yards and a touchdown continues to be, the man in that uh, that New Orleans receiving core. I mean, look, he's a no-brainer. We, I know that our buddies at the USFL Gambling Podcast talk DFS, but like he's just a slot-em-up DFS play every week, right? Absolutely, yeah. I think um, Adams or Dixon, either one. Um, Adams seems to be getting a little more uh, yardage and consistent touchdowns but dixon's been getting more targets so if he could pull a couple more of those down um we might see him surpass adams but i i like both of them to be honest yep johnny and john so johnny (laughs) dixon four catches as well but he only had 29 yards but he also had a touchdown so uh you know the the john john the law firm of john john and john uh got into the (laughs) end of the end zone this week for the breakers uh poindexter two catches for 28 yards sal canella grabbed one for 15 yards uh and then just a smattering of other you know taylor one for 10 uh jones one for five ellis one for five and then chavis getting in the mix one for three so not a lot past the top two guys there and poindexter again continues to be sort of an afterthought in this new orleans offense yeah, yep, and the targets were there for guys like Adams, Dixon, Canella, um, just not as many receptions as you'd like to see based off of the targets. And you're not helping your your quarterback out much if you can't catch passes. So, you True. know, <laughs> it, it's just a matter. It's just frustrating because, you know, if you're a New Orleans fan, you know that there's actual talent there on the field. It's just you don't get a lot of help. You can't win a lot of games. So let's move over to the Birmingham Stallions who remain the USFL's one and only undefeated team. This was more of a nail-biter to start with than it should have been. 
but then Birmingham just sort of shut the door. And the second half came completely. I mean, it was it was 17 to 14 going into halftime. And then just Birmingham said, nah, we're good. We're, we're just going to lock you out of the house. And they did. Uh, went on to score 16 unanswered points in the second half to seal the deal for the win. This is another situation where Magoo comes in to start again, right? And then all of a sudden we realize, look, Jamar is the better quarterback in this situation. As much as we love to say that Magoo came in and did admirably for in relief for him last week, this is Jamar's team, and it will remain Jamar's team for as long as it happens. 17-22, 203 yards and a touchdown after Magoo only completed four of 11 passes for 50 yards. He did throw a touchdown, but he also threw that interception, which basically <laughs> sealed the deal for his his fate in this game. Yeah, and super frustrating if you're like me and you have both Jamar and Magoo and you're just waiting to hear who's going to start. Um, that game started and I'm like, oh man, again? And, uh, and then Smith came in and took over. And so I was pretty happy about that, obviously. But I don't know how you can't, just keep starting Smith. Um, he's obviously doing more for the team. He's doing more to win games and he just looks better. So this is, you know, this is like you said, similar to the Perez Johnson thing. You have two quarterbacks that are serviceable, but one of them is better than the other and playing better than the other start him and don't look back. But here's the thing too. I mean, look, I, I get that Magoo was injured. I get it. I mean, I know that he didn't get the reps. I know that he didn't get, but you, you put him in there. Because obviously Jamar couldn't go last week or two weeks ago, rather. But you know, you say, okay, well now he's the quarterback because he was supposed to be the quarterback in day one. But you had Jamar who was operating at such a high level, and and you just decide, well, but you saw how much the offense responded as soon as he came in. So, I mean, again, if you're gonna, if you're like you going forward, it's always start Jamar. Don't worry about Magoo. Yep, agreed. Yeah, I don't know if. The coach just thought, man, I got to give him another opportunity because he was our original starter. I, I'm not sure, but I agree. Start Smith and don't look back. Well, I mean, look, the Stallions could not have done this without an outstanding performance out of C.J. Marable. 23 carries, 114 yards, a touchdown. Dude was a beast, averaging five yards a carry. Just number 11 was a wrecking ball, and he continued to look good. He continues to look good. So, Justin, your preseason uh, evaluation of Maribel was right on point, and he continues to be that way. Yeah, I'm looking like wish the Bears would have kept him. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he, he is a beast. He is doing great. He's a small guy. You don't expect him to put up the amount of yards or to fight through the contact like he does, but he's tough, um, and he does fight through them. I thought he was going to have some of his workload cut into by Scarborough, think it could still happen but um like you said you called it last week that's going to affect tony brooks james and it did this game scarborough had seven carries brooks james had one i mean and you called bo scarborough too you said last week that bo scarborough was going to come in and do something he got seven carries 25 yards again he just got brought into the team so obviously mm -hmm. the fact that they even gave him seven carries versus tony brooks james who got one carry for five yards uh just you know that that you're right. It spells the end of Tony Brooks James's run. I think because Bro Scarborough, you know, they want to bring him in for those tough yards, as they said on the broadcast, uh, which they were dead on. Jamar rushing in a touchdown on his uh, one carry for two yards. So you know, do with that what you will. He's going to continue to run, but not so much as he did 
the last few weeks. This is this is probably his fewest rushing attempts. So expect to see more going forward. They didn't need to. Marable was was pumping. So you know, Jamar didn't need to pull it down. They were giving him good, clean looks in the pocket, uh, and and he was able to capitalize them. So you know, I, I, you're going to see more rushing attempts out of him. But just last week, you did not. Uh, speaking of receiving, Marlon Williams, the big recipient out of last week, coming out of nowhere, five catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Osiris Mitchell, four catches, 58 yards. Uh, Victor Bolden Jr. continues to be one of the target leaders on this team, six catches, 45 yards. Uh, and then Darius, love me some Darius, three catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, their, their tight end, Angeline, caught one for 27, and C.J. Marable, two catches for 17 yards. Receiving-wise... What are you seeing on there? Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of guys that are serviceable for your fantasy teams. Um, you know, Marlon Williams is kind of pumping up and um, getting better numbers. Osiris Mitchell is a very reliable target. It seems like he comes down with some balls that shouldn't be catchable. Um, Bolden has been targeted 51 times, which is a lot through five games. And Darius coming on. Um, Kerry Angeline looked good. Uh, a couple games ago, not getting as much now, but um, I think it's a matter of time. I think he's going to get targets again. He's he's a talented tight end. Um, I know he was injured last week. I don't know if maybe that carried over a little rust this week, but you know, week three, eight targets, four catches for sixty six yards. Look for him to kind of get back to that number. I agree. Turn over to the Philadelphia side. Case Cookus. I mean, look, I know Philly misses. Brian Scott, something awful. Cook is still looking okay. 19-35, 215 yards, no touchdowns. But he didn't really get a lot of help on the ground either. Uh, Paul Terry had that gigantic 43-yard run, which was amazing, but then only had nine yards on his next carry. Uh, you know, Paul Terry did have the touchdown. Uh, Colburn, seven attempts, 10 yards, one touchdown. <laughs> Not much to speak of in that running game for Philly, who has... Two good running backs in this in this stable. Yeah, they they need to run the ball more. And, and Darnell Holland came back and didn't get a single carry, so that was interesting. But um, it, it's hard to win games when you only run the ball eleven times. Uh, I know in the second half there they started to get behind, but you you gotta keep running the ball um, and mix it up. So kind of the opposite of what Pittsburgh did at the beginning of the year where they just ran it every play. You can't pass it every play. It doesn't work out. Mm -mm. 35 attempts for Cookus overall, and yeah, 11 rushing attempts on the game. Not <laughs> not in the first half, not in the first, in the game for Philadelphia. Yeah. That is not a winning formula for sure. Uh, so we talked about there's only 19 attempts or 19 completions going on. Paul Terry caught five of those for 43 yards. He was the leading receiver in terms of catches and yards for the team. That is their that is their running back, folks. Uh, it's not sustainable to do that. Chris Rowland, four catches, 39 yards. Jordan Sewell, four catches, 36 yards. DeAndre Overton, a big catch for 36 yards. That was it. Bug Howard, targeted six times, caught one of those for 30 yards. What a tough day. Jordan Sewell, by the way, nine targets. With four catches, it was a tough day for him, too. Uh, Dev Devin Gray, two catches, 16 yards. Uh, Maurice Alexander, one for 11, and then Colburn got a catch for four yards. Um, outside of Roland and Sewell, right? We talked about Overton last week and Bug. Just a disappointing day overall. A lot of drops, a lot of overthrows. Uh, just a tough day for pass catchers. Yeah, it really was. So 
last week, the, everybody seemed to be on the same page, right? Cook us the receivers. They looked good. Um, I don't know if that was just the energy of, hey, let's pump this guy up. Let's get him in there and get him confident as he makes his first start since Scott has been out. Um, this week, that same energy was not there. They didn't look like they were all on the same page. So um, that's definitely something they got to correct going forward. Uh, and it was also disappointing. Overton had three games in a row where he had a touchdown. Uh, sad to see that, that streak broken. I don't think you give up on your star's offensive players. I, I don't. I think that you're you're going to be okay if you just hang on for a little bit longer. But, uh, yeah, they've got to do something quick because I don't know that they're on the right side of what's happening to them uh, as we enter the second part of the season. Let's move over to a game where in three quarters, 14 minutes, and 59 seconds, it looked like your fade the Pittsburgh Maulers play was going to work out for you. But in the last second, in the waning, waning moments of this game, Pittsburgh found the end zone, found the first win of their season, and maybe, Justin, have found themselves a brand new leader in Vad Lee, somebody who you said, hey, guess what? Keep an eye on it. They just signed this guy named Vad Lee. He's coming in. Well, he came in and led his team to a win, 19 completions, 32 attempts, 170 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Uh, not a stellar quarterback rating, but it doesn't matter how you get there. It just matters that you finally get there. Vad Lee might be exactly what Pittsburgh needed to, to kickstart the second half of their season. And how impressive on just three or four days of having the playbook to be able to come in there. They showed a clip where... Um, the coach was asking him, you know, what do you want to run? And he told him, Oh, I want to run this. Like, uh, I just think that's impressive to come in there, learn it, know what play you want to run even, and, um, and take your team from behind and win the game. So, uh, definitely got to keep your eye on him going forward. You know, and it's, I love the emotion out of him too. I mean, like you <laughs> saw at the end of the game, there was a tear in his eye. Like he just, he knew that this is exactly why he answered the call and said, yes, I will come play for you over in Pittsburgh. So somebody's responding to Kirby Wilson's <laughs> coaching, and, <laughs> and it just happens to be the guy that came in and helped them win the game. Uh, Kyle Aletta, 5 of 9, 51 yards. It wasn't that he looked awful, but like, just it was a weird energy shift when Vad came into the game. Yeah, we, we just haven't seen much spark from Laletta at all. Um, it was actually surprising to me. I thought Josh Love looked better than Kyle Laletta, and then they cut Love. But, um, it, yeah, I think they just they need to make a change to get something going because Kyle just wasn't giving it to him. Well, and what's definitely not giving it to him is this running back uh, committee now that they've got going on. And this is supposed to be the identity of this team. But if the identity of this team is Madre London rushing 11 times for 22 yards for you and Kyle Groshek getting 23 yards on seven carries... And your and your quarterback getting almost as many yards on five carries, twenty carries or twenty yards on five carries. This isn't going to do it for you. Twenty four rushes, fifty one yards. That's not the identity that you want if you're a running team. Yeah, to me, the the run game of the Maulers is probably the most disappointing thing of the USFL season. Um, you know, you just expected them to pound the rock and do it well, and they can't seem to move the ball on the ground at all. 
Yeah, and it's just, I mean, look, between Groshek, even, and Madre London, both of them are good running backs in their own rights. I mean, they looked good. Groshek looked good at one point this season. Madre London had a pretty couple of uh, good runs that made you think, well, okay, this guy might be good. But they just can't put together something that is sustainable. So, again, if it weren't for Vad Lee and Bailey Gaither coming back, boy, see, this is why it's so, like, I don't know. You, you say the Panthers are going to lose this game. Well, <laughs> you were right for a better part of the thing, but performances like Bailey Gaither and Trey Walker, I mean, eight catches for 108 yards, two touchdowns, including that last one out of Bailey Gaither. No one had an answer for Bailey Gaither yeah, uh, this weekend. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Um, fought through catches when there's guys all around him, just went up and got him, and... You know, the first week he played, he had, he was targeted seven times, only had three catches, 42 yards. Week two, he had seven catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown, and then he missed two weeks. He's back, and it looks like he will be relied on, and we can expect good things out of Bailey Gaither. Bailey Gaither wasn't even the leading target getter in this receiving core. He had 10, where Trey Walker had 13. Trey came down with 10 of them for 92 yards. He didn't get in the end zone, but between these two, it was 26 tar or 23 targets rather out of uh, Lee's 32 on the 41 total. So they, they accounted for just about half of the rest of them. Uh, Hardaway, Delvin Hardaway, nine targets, only caught two for five yards. Really disappointed with him this season. Wish I could have seen more out of him. Yeah, agreed. Um, just something's not going right there. Something's not clicking. Um, Trey Walker is an impressive player, and this is the second week in a row that he's had double-digit targets. So if that keeps up, he's obviously somebody that you want to just slot in. Um, it's weird. We went from having no players that we thought we could start fantasy football-wise for the Maulers to maybe we got a quarterback. Maybe we got a couple wide receivers. Um, things are kind of shaping up to – to on a positive side, I guess, for them, for the Maulers. Anything that could save Groshek's day was the three catches, but that didn't even do it either. Three catches, three yards on seven targets. So they, they targeted him quite a bit too. Uh, all in all, Pittsburgh gets their first win and boy is Houston just really, those guys cannot find a way to just finish a game. Uh, they had uh, Clayton Thorson who came in 11 of 24, one touchdown, one interception just did not look comfortable at all this entire game. Yeah, and he's he's really not done anything that stands out. I know he's had some good plays, but 51% completion percentage, um, he needs to clean things up quickly if they want to win some football games. Yeah, you can't do it with a 45.8% completion percentage. Only completing 11 passes on the day, which is okay because... Your identity, much like the Maulers, is running the ball. But again, this is a game where Thompson came out looking good in spurts, and more than half, almost half of his, his total yardage, though, came on one 39-yard run. He had 17 attempts for 80 yards. I mean, it was 4.7 yards average, but again, most of that came on one single run. It was an impressive as hell run, and I don't know why you don't keep going back to him uh, in that same play, but again... The rest of that, 16 carries for 41 yards, it's just, it's not going to work if you want to uh, to keep this going. Dalen Dawkins, seven carries, 24 yards. Thorson pulled it down five times for 23 yards. He got the rushing touchdown. And then Anthony, Anthony Ratliff-Williams 
carried once for three yards. But, Justin, you expect more out of Thompson. He didn't do it last week because he was sick, but this week maybe he's getting over more of it. Yeah, um, you got to think he's going to bounce back to the the 5.5, 5.8, 6.1 yards per carry um, and putting up those monster numbers that he was. I mean, he was just steadily getting better, 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 and then it fell off that cliff. Um, so I think he's probably going to bounce back. Um, hoping next week. Hopefully, it doesn't take like a two week thing. But I bet he bounces back next week with a better game. He's just he is the best running back in this league. I, mm-hmm. I just I I truly believe that he is the best running back in this league right now, just based on the fact that he's done it and he's done it a lot and he just looks strong and he looks like he just can't be slowed down except by, like, illness, <laughs> which is what happened the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Uh, on the receiving end of it, uh, Isaiah Zuber continues to be impressive. Three catches, 72 yards, one touchdown, uh, but he's making toe-tap catches, catches over in contested areas. It's just Isaiah Zuber, even though he was targeted eight times and only came down with three catches, those three catches were highlight real catches, almost each and every one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And once he gets the ball, he, you know, he'll zigzag. He'll run backwards. He's he's a very talented guy. He is. He is. Tyler Palka, three catches, 35 yards. T.O. Redding, one impressive catch for 37 yards or 36 yards. Rather, that was probably the catch of the year so far. It was. That was a very impressive catch. He looked a little banged up after it, though, so I'm hoping he's all right and can keep going forward. But, uh, yeah, that one-handed grab um, with the guy around him, that that was pretty good. Yeah, highlight reel catch, probably a catch of the year candidate. So, T.O. Redding, again, another one of Adam's favorites. Got to love that. Uh, Anthony Ratliff-Williams, two catches for 10 yards. Uh, Brandon Barnes, one for nine. Uh, Thompson caught one for three yards. But, again, these gamblers... They've got to figure out how to not be gambling at the end of the game for their win because so far it's been coming up crap, coming up snake eyes for them every single time, uh, and it's just not fun. Yeah, yeah, they got to get something going, and it starts with Thorson, I think. It does, it does, because when we see Thorson look right, then the running game looks right because it, you don't fear the passing game if you know that the running game is is only mediocre as well. For sure. So, uh, all right, come back. We're going to answer some start sick questions with some new names on the list for you, uh, just to, to mix things up a little bit for you, because as we get into the halfway point of the season, there's a lot going on, more names emerging as we talked about earlier and, uh, more questions to be asked. Now you can start grabbing folks off of waivers and have some battles, I think so. But first let's talk about win bet. Make sure to get down on the win bets, bet 50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus the win bet casino is offering a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the wins own build your own bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three plus leg build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. You could take advantage of the offer during the NBA playoffs. So much to choose from. All you got to do is head over and download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com to get started. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. 
Now it's time for Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I know I use it for more than one of mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else out there in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing in their new over-under game. It's really, really easy. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or the under. For example, number of points in, in basketball or hits in baseball or anything in football, then you can choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from twice to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies contest and we can all play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks because that's the kind of guy I am. With the tap of a button, it's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop right now. What you doing? Stop. Well, Okay, stop the podcast, but make sure you start it up again. Download Sleeper now. Play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper is going to automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad. Get the 100% deposit match over at sleeper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We're also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplements. So, What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotic, adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well be giving away your private data to hackers, advertisers, ISPs, other prying eyes. That is why I use IPVanish to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communication, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It is literally that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. Super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button. You're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP. Use that promotional code SGP. Claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. You've got roster questions. 
we have answers because we're reaching the point of the season now where you probably are starting to have some start or sit questions because there's some players that are starting to play a little better and other players that are not playing as good. So we are going to walk you through some of these questions as we always do. We begin, Justin, with a name I'm not surprised to see on this list for you, and that is one Bug Howard to the tight end of the Philadelphia Stars. A darling in the beginning of the season, but we've started to see some cracks in his game, and maybe not his fault, but uh, I don't know. What are you thinking about your boy Bug there, Justin? Yeah, it's if you've listened to the show, you know I'm a huge fan of Bug Howard, but he's had two disappointing weeks where he's been targeted six times, so it's not for lack of targets. The targets are there. But the first three weeks, his fantasy points have been 10.4, 8.4, 17.8. Now, up until week three, week three is when Brian Scott got hurt, so he had Scott throwing to him. Now with Cookus, he's had 5.5 and 4. So while his targets have gone up since Scott has been out, his production has gone down by quite a bit. Um tight ends a thin position uh as we said we're going to talk about a guy that maybe you're able to pick up and put in instead of howard otherwise i'm not giving up on the talent i'm not giving up on um just the the ability he has to look like a wide receiver from the tight end position to always have that opportunity to, to score touchdowns because he is a big guy in the red zone i'm starting him i'm cautious about it um I might even, because of the two bad weeks, I might start putting a feeler out for a trade. If the, somebody's really down on Bug Howard, my eyes are open, and I'm hoping that um, the quarterback play doesn't continue to affect him and that that kind of just his talent and abilities start to take over more. And what's frustrating from a fan standpoint is that you do see some of those throws to him that Cookus was making because – because he is such a freak athlete. Like, he is a gigantic tight end that, you're right, is a receiver more than anything. And so you start to throw to him like he's this this uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. type of a receiver, where he could be, but he's still a tight end, basically. So, you know, a lot of the, cha- a lot of the opportunities that he had, they just weren't quality opportunities, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um and that's, I think, you know, we saw it when he was getting a, a kind of a more refined quarterback. We'll say, I don't want to say Cookus is bad because I think he's done a serviceable job coming in there. But with Brian Scott being a more refined quarterback and being able to put the ball where it needs to be, we saw a bug really exceed. So hopefully, um, Cookus can kind of start putting it more of where it needs to be, um, treat him more like a tight end and let him be a receiver or like a wide receiver ish after he gets the ball and kind of breaks up down the field. So I would say this, if you're an O'Grady manager right now and the person with bug Howard on his team feels like bugs on the decline, but has more faith in O'Grady, you might be able to package something with O'Grady and, and trade for Howard or just maybe a couple of running backs if, if people are giving up on Bug to 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 send their way. I mean, it's it, the trade's there if you want it. I think a lot of folks may be willing to sort of uh, uh, pass on Bug. But, you know, that, again, that's the people that don't listen to this show. <laughs> that's right so find find yourself a player in your league that doesn't listen to this show who isn't high on bug howard and uh and try to get that in a trade i guarantee you could probably make it work and then ask them why they don't listen to the show <laughs> yes <laughs> after you make the trade then ask right. them why you don't listen to the show 
Uh, for <laughs> sure. All right, let's let's move on to the the guy that we talked about, the savior of the Pittsburgh Maulers, and uh, that is one Vad Lee. Just an overall impressive story. I mean, you talked about how he came in or how he was coming in. I mean, he's not a quarterback that's without experience. Obviously, he's had a ton of experience, and that showed. I mean, it showed in his preparation coming into the game. It Like you had talked about with the playbook, knowing the playbook well enough to call his own play there at the end of the game. Uh, and, and what I was impressed with right off the bat was just the leadership and the understanding of game situations right off the bat. I mean, those are the things that you can't see in the, in the box score. And just you saw it in him right away. You saw him take leadership of the team, and, and they responded. And maybe that's what that that is exactly what Pittsburgh needed. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I don't know how this week of practice went, but I have a feeling that he made an impression on the receivers around him because you saw those guys um, take some huge hits but still go up for that ball and get it. Um, you know, where they grow great throws, was he making great throws all over the field? Eh, he was making good throws. There were some really good throws. I mean, that um, – not the first or the not the second touchdown by Bailey Gaither, but the sec the first one when he had two guys around him. If he put that ball anywhere else, that's an incompletion or maybe even interception. So he made some really good throws, but I feel like he was consistently bailed out by his wide receivers. Their ability to go up with covers, their ability to take a hit. Not everybody does that if they don't like their quarterback. And not so, everybody did that for Kyle Oletta. <laughs> Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And so I, I think that week of practice, he must have really made an impression much as he did to like us watching. He made an impression with just how cool and composed he was, how he picked everything up. Um, he's definitely a guy, you know, you might have, like you said earlier, a Lewis Perez that you drafted him thinking he's going to be the starter. Now you need some major help. Here's badly. Um, maybe you're waiting for Paxton Lynch to come back from injury. <laughs> Here's badly, you know, <laughs> I, be, I believe that might be your team. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I know. I, I hope I have a good waiver claim because that that's where I'm going with mine is, is badly because he is, I mean that, that he's on the waivers. Like, I don't know that anybody picked him up. If our league didn't pick him up in the, in the office or the, then nobody did, you know what I'm saying? Right. So badly is out there on the waiver wire right now for you. And look, you're right. It's just the matter of him being able to come in and do what he did uh, it, just instant leadership. I, I just feel like this is where they're going, and he's going to, to stick around for a while because I, I don't. And what I saw out of Kirby Wilson dealing with him was a lot different than I'd seen all season long. I will say that watching Kirby Wilson talk to him and say, "That's that's my fault. I've got to give you a better opportunity to do this." Like I, I, we watch Kirby Wilson yell and scream and holler on United by Football every week. But maybe he knew the cameras were on him. But the fact that he was like, look, I've got to put you in a better situation. I've got to give you what you need to, to do this, and uh, I'll do it. But, you know, Vad Lee made that possible. Yeah, it was almost like somebody told Kirby he needed to check himself. <laughs> uh, you know, you haven't won a game. You're, you're not making real progress here. You need to check yourself. I'm hoping somebody did because at that point it's like you got it. Look, I said last week that I don't respond very well to people screaming and hollering at me all the time. And I, obviously Pittsburgh didn't either because you saw the emotions running wild in them the week before when Ollie was doing was screaming and, hollering, and you saw that room. 
You know, watch United mm-hmm. by Football. Again, if you haven't watched that show, watch that show. Get a lot of insight. Even if half of it seems like it's staged, there's still some candid moments in there where you can pick up on stuff if you pay attention close enough. But that room, while Kirby's yelling at him, was not responding. For sure. Agreed. So, uh, yeah, anyways, more flies with honey. As, uh, <laughs> as what's his name, uh, the Bandits head coaches will, will tell you, he... He was like, yeah, I'm going to be a lot more subdued this this time around. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we'll talk about now the uh, the leading target and the leading uh, pass catcher for that, and that's Bailey Gaither. That guy missed a couple of weeks, but came back this week just blazing out of the box. Bailey Gaither, you talked about receivers bailing out. Vad Lee, he did it, and then some. Yeah, absolutely. And so I threw him on here. Um, because he didn't play two for two weeks. And if you're in a league like the, uh, our listener league, you only have two bench spots. So most likely if you're in a league like that, he got dropped to the waivers to make room for somebody that was starting. And he's got to be, if you need wide receiver help, he's got to be your number one priority. Um, especially with badly throwing the ball. Now, uh, I think that definitely, uh, um, elevates the offense, um, with the Lee in there and Bailey Gaither is a guy that, he showed he's going to fight for the ball. He's going to go up for the ball, and he's going to the quarterback's going to look at him in the end zone a lot. So, definitely think that's somebody you got to target for picking up. We're looking at a brand new Philadelphia or Pittsburgh offense, rather. Eh, Pennsylvania. For sure. uh, but we're looking at a brand new identity for them again with Lee being able to throw the ball. I know, like I said, we talk and we hear all about how Kirby's a running back guy, a running back coach, a running back. But we're halfway into the season. You have to evaluate where your team is, where their strengths are, and where their weaknesses are. You cannot form an identity where there isn't one. And so now with with Vad Lee going forward and a guy that can throw the ball and, and do things with the ball and command the respect of his teammates, yeah, a guy like Bailey Gaither's stock is, is about to, to skyrocket, I think, because he's already proven one week back he's the best player on that field for uh, best, well, Second best, I guess. Vad, I would probably argue, is a little better uh, at this point. But Bailey Gaither, the best pass catcher on there. And, yeah, I mean, that, that's just where they're going to go from here on out. Yeah, I mean, week two, Gaither had an impressive performance with Josh Love throwing to him. I think Lee is bringing some more energy, some more excitement. So I think it's his stock's only going to go up from here. And and so, again, if you can find Gaither on the waiver wire, yes, make him your absolute 100% first priority. Uh, but, you know, if you've got a, a really strong running back room and you want to try to move, because I'm not a guy that likes to trade position for position. Uh, I, I mean, if you're going to give up a, a, a player, then you have to figure out which of the receivers that somebody else values over the receiver that you, I mean, to me, that's just too much math. Like, give me, give me a good running back for a good receiver because then at least I know that I don't have to try to figure out whether the receiver I'm giving up is better than the receiver I'm getting. So, yeah. But, I mean, try to make a trade if you, if you need to for Bailey Gaither, too. Yeah, I agree with you there. Positional swaps, you're just banking that you have a better insight on the players than the person you're swapping with. So, agreed. Um, definitely look at running back. If somebody's really desperate at tight end and you have one of the top guys, or maybe you drafted a couple quarterbacks, I don't know. Um, it did happen in one of our leagues where somebody drafted three or four quarterbacks. So, <sighs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And defenses, too. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about... Michael Darius, again, 
on a Stallions team that is pretty much chock full of of good players and talented players, so much so that they are undefeated. Uh, Michael Darius kind of came out of nowhere. He had three catches on four targets, 32 yards, and a touchdown. Obviously, this is the most targets that he's had this season. His best game of the year so far. And why I think that he is somebody that you should be either targeting on waivers or uh, somebody you should be starting going on in a flex position going forward is because this Stallion team, again, just loves to to move the ball. And Jamar Smith is making a lot of people fantasy relevant in this offense. And we see new names kind of emerge week after week. And Michael Darius has always been there, but he found himself uh, on the receiving end of, of a good couple of catches and obviously that one touchdown so I think this is a positive you've seen every week Darius improve 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 and now here we are in week six and and that could just be another weapon for Jamar Smith to have going forward so I'm kind of high on the potential of Michael Darius to sort of carry you through a couple more weeks here as we head into the fantasy playoffs yeah, I agree, and I don't. I don't foresee their run game slowing down, which just opens up the passing game. Um, the Stallions are one team that has done that really well. They've exploited the fact that they can run the ball well to open the passing game up, and that's that's only going to um, continue to help all the receivers, including Darius. Yeah, and again, if Jamar can continue to make this team better week after week, I mean, obviously, I'm 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 assuming that they're just going to continue to, to play Jamar now. Uh, I don't know that the, the plan is to start Magoo uh, at any point and just maybe bring Magoo in for relief. But, you know, if Jamar continues to, to lead this team, he's just going to get better. And, and that's going to make more people around him better and more receivers around him. Because we talked about in the beginning of the season where one or two receivers probably are, are your safety nets. Right, And as you're learning the offense, as you're learning the routes, as you're learning just the playbook, it's easy to lean on one or two receivers that you know. I mean, it's like playing a new Madden for the first time. You know, That X receiver is the one that you are so comfortable pushing the X button. But once you figure out which plays are starting to work, then you start to work in some of those other O's and those Y's and you know the A buttons. And you're, just, you're like, okay, look, I feel comfortable now throwing to my slot receiver where... Before it was just the guy chucked the ball down the field. Absolutely, I agree. Um, that's a good analogy. I like it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I've played a lot of Madden in my time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Michael Darius is that B button guy that uh, Jamar Smith is getting comfortable with, and I think we're going to see some good days out of him going forward. Like I said, I mean, how long can the Stallions stay undefeated for? That's that's really the question. See lots of conspiracies floating out there on the social media that it's all rigged since it's in Birmingham and they're going to go undefeated and win it all. <laughs> oh man, come on. Maybe the, maybe it's because they have the home crowd and they get more excited than everybody else that's out there. I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, guys, get off of Twitter. Uh, but don't because you follow us and then whatever. Uh, all right, let's move on <laughs> to that Houston running back or running games. We said that this is where they wanted to live, right? The Gamblers wanted to be a running team. They have Mark Thompson. They know that they have a guy that can get them 100 yards a game if he's right. He was only 20 yards off last week. But we kind of saw, and and I only bring up Dalen Dawkins' name in the context of this. He had seven, seven carries for 24 yards. Um, but this team rushed 30 total times in this game. And we saw that Mark Thompson got a bulk of that, right? 17 carries in the game. 
So this is a team that wants to run. Obviously, they just they want to run the ball. But I, I'm not sure that Mark Thompson can carry the ball 17 times going forward. So Dalen Dawkins becomes an interesting play in the flex position for this reason because he got seven carries last week. But he looked good in those seven carries. Like, I liked the way he... I mean, obviously, the, the yards kind of don't back it up. You know, he only had 20, 24 yards on those. But the eye test. I talk all the time about the eye test and what I see out of a guy. Dalen Dawkins had a lot of just straightforward running. And he gained yards going straight forward. There wasn't a lot of dancing. There wasn't a lot of trying to cut. Dalen Dawkins got handed the ball and took off. And and after a while, that if you beat the defense down like that more and more, then you start to break the big ones. So Dalen Dawkins over the next five weeks could see more action and could see more carries given that Thompson's going to need a breather here and there. You know, as the season progresses, injuries happen, gets tired, you know, especially when you're handing the ball as much as Thompson is. So Dalen Dawkins becomes very intriguing in that sense. Yeah, he was definitely very consistent with every run. Um, and you know, he didn't have any like huge runs. Eight was his longest, but he didn't have a lot where he went nowhere either. He was very consistent. And like you said, um, as the season progresses, you know, when, when does your running back get hit the most, um, when you're inside the five yard line, when is a running back very valuable in fantasy football inside the five yard line? So I could definitely see some of those carries start going to Dawkins inside the, the red zone even. Um, and it only takes, you know, a touchdown this week, a touchdown the next week for him to make a big impact out of that flex position. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, if you're putting him in a flex position, all you're really needing, especially in the USFL is like six or seven points, like in the flex position, you're happy with six or seven points. Cause you could very well get two points out of the flex position in the USFL. It's, it's such a frustrating, uh, fantasy football position. Sometimes out of all positions, uh, um, this week I, I had two guys that put up duds, but uh, the person I was playing against, he had one that had 3.2 and 1.2 and my kicker outperformed his. So I won. So yeah, it's just crazy. Um, so if you're getting even three to five points out of your flex position, sometimes that's enough. You know, we're not showing the kickers a lot of love. We, we may need to no. fix that. We, we're going <laughs> to yeah. have to fix that on the episodes because they're now they're starting to kick boy. They're starting to come into their own. Mm-hmm, for sure 50 yard kicks out of like Vogel and you know yeah I mean it's it's uh it's starting to happen where now the kickers are starting to get comfortable and we're starting to see and we're starting to see people get rid of kickers and bring in new kickers so mm-hmm. you know it, it's really starting to settle in <laughs> who would have thought that kickers would would be fun to watch I mean look young Hoku was was awesome over there in the AAF and it was good to see him uh have some success in the NFL but I haven't been that excited about a kicker in a while. <laughs> For sure. So, uh, all right. Speaking of being excited about a position that doesn't necessarily get much excitement, tight ends. LaMichael Petway could be a guy that is out there on waivers right now because up until the point of, of this last week, it was really Marcus Baugh's uh, tight end group over there in, Mich- or, yeah, in, in Michigan. And, again, this was another team with a very run-heavy philosophy. Obviously, Jeff Fisher, it's no secret, likes to run the ball. So their tight ends become valuable as blockers, but when you have a guy like Petway become valuable as a pass catcher, he caught five of his six targets, 80 yards, big touchdown 
you look at what Marcus Baugh did, and, and Justin and I, we talked a lot about Marcus Baugh going into the season as, as being one of the top tight ends of the year, and this is why I just don't like ranking. I don't like being a ranker. I don't like ranking in general. I, I'm You can call me a bad fantasy analyst for not wanting to rank, but this is why you get frustrated because Marcus Baugh, by all rights and accounts, should have been one of the league's better tight ends, right? But through the first five weeks of the season, basically had five catches on nine total targets, 52 yards all season. What did Petway get in one game? Five catches on six targets. As many catches as Marcus Baugh had all year long, more yards and a touchdown where Marcus Baugh did not have that. Marcus Baugh's best week with the team, three catches on four targets, 38 yards. So Petway becomes instantly the best tight end in that roster. No questions asked. But the question is, can he continue to do that? And will Jeff Fisher give him the opportunity to do that? I think he'll get the opportunity because they run a lot of two tight end sets and they're not going to just continue to run the ball every play. Um, Fisher's a smarter coach than that. So I definitely think he'll keep getting the opportunity. This is a guy that played wide receiver at Iowa State in college. So um, kind of shows you kind of the frame he has, similar to a Bug Howard, who he did play wide receiver. Now he's playing tight end um, and just kind of exploded with his uh, abilities and his um, performance this week. So I definitely think it's a sign of more good things to come for him. Um, he's definitely somebody that you, you have to target, especially if you're struggling at the, the tight end position. Which chances are you probably are. So uh, <laughs> right. go grab yourself, Michael Petway, because I, I have. A, I mean, I'm telling you, he's going to be out there on your waiver wire. Not a lot of folks were high on him because he he really wasn't doing much before this week. But you know, we've seen it time and time again in the USFL where these breakout games begin a good run for players that uh, that keep. I mean, we <laughs> week one, yeah, a flash in the pan. But now week six. Right, a breakout game means something different in week five than it does in week one because these 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 teams have had a lot of opportunity to see them in practice. And if a breakout game in week five happens, chances are week six they're going to try to go back to him. Week seven they're going to try to go back to him. So, um, yeah, I I value a week five breakout game more than I value a week two, I guess, breakout game. Absolutely agree. So, ah, uh, all right, another week in the USFL broken down. We've got a great slate coming up in week six. There's a lot of interesting matchups in this where we've got Tampa Bay taking on Philly, right? We talked about the struggles of Philly, but Tampa Bay, I, I, in my opinion, still barely won that game last week against the Panthers. Then we've got the Panthers trying to knock off the Stallions where, you know, the Panthers looked tough against Tampa who were a really good team heading in there, too. Um, then we've got Pittsburgh fresh off of their first win, taking on New Orleans, who just basically are, are following the wrong way uh, after being undefeated themselves. So can Pittsburgh now seize the momentum that they're on and sort of uh, upset the breakers in what they're, you know, they were one of the better teams in the league, and now they're not. And then we've got the New Jersey Generals who want to continue to roll over the bad luck gamblers. Uh, just a great slate in week six, man. I can't wait. Yeah, same. Um, you know, we're halfway through. The uh, fantasy football playoffs are almost here. Uh, it's exciting times. It is absolutely exciting times in the USFL. Justin, remind everybody where they can find you on social media and all of your great work. 
Yeah, follow me on Twitter, jmarkfootball, and or just find me on the Sports Gambling Podcast website. All over that Sports Gambling Podcast website and app. Of course, you can find me on Twitter, at RJ Gomez. Find this show on Twitter and the whole SGPN Fantasy world, at SGPN Fantasy. Keep an eye open for all of our USFL content. We've got... Uh, inactives we've got uh, injury reports we've got rankings we've got usfl picks if you're the gambling type of folk so much usfl coverage here on the sgp and you'd think that we were on their payroll soon soon we will be all right ladies and gentlemen we'll be back on wednesday with terrell and scott breaking down more of their fantasy football action then of course thursday we come back we're going to start divisional previews with the AFC North, talking fantasy previews for the uh, AFC North. A lot of fun to be had over here on the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast as we continue the offseason. The season doesn't stop for us. We keep rolling. <laughs> keep joining us. Thanks for listening. And until next time, let it ride. Let it ride.